Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I am joined with Kelly O'Brien Watson, and let me tell you a little bit about her. So Kelly is a best-selling author, coach, presenter, and the owner of Studio 8 Academy, an online holistic wellness center. In addition, she recently co-founded Scripter Publishing Group Incorporated, a publishing company dedicated to helping fitness professionals share their stories and publish their books. Kelly holds a master's degree in counseling education and certifications in personal training, TRX, and youth fitness. She's the author of Kelly's Quips, Happy Thoughts for Busy People, and Finding My Way Back to Me, A Journey of Self-Discovery. She's also co-authored several books, including most recently, the Amazon bestseller, Author University. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Uh, she's a platinum level coach for the Todd Durkin Mastermind Group, where she provides business and pers personal development coaching for fitness professionals around the world. She also runs a life coaching program called Finding My Way Back to Me. Kelly is the recipient of the Accent on Excellence Award, Accent on Excellence Award, for her work throughout her community. And she presents locally and nationally on topics having to do with health wellness, mindset, and performance. In 2013, she was honored to be a presenter for the first TEDx Utica program. Kelly's life purpose is to create, motivate, support, and inspire people to get stronger in their lives inside and out. She does this with enthusiasm in whatever she pursues. However, she finds her greatest joy in time spent with her family. Graham, Marcus, Caitlin, Katie, Cameron and Kira, and their lovely or their over, overly exuberant and completely lovable dog, Cody. You guys like the cuz in the names of your. your I was loved just ones, gonna say you? that as I, you know, I I wrote that whenever I wrote it, and then I just listened to you say it, and I thought, boy, there's a lot of hard case sounds. Right. Graham and Marcus are kind of the odd men out, you know. Well, listen, you're a Kelly and I'm a Kim, so we're both partial to the cuz, I guess. Great. There's something powerful about that. That right. sound must be. <laughs> right. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's always so good to talk with you. You too. I always have a smiling face and a smiling heart when I talk with you, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely makes perfect sense. I feel exactly the same. So let me ask you the first thing uh, that I ask all of my guests, which is what do you enjoy doing during your me time? I absolutely love that that is the first question that you ask all your guests. I need to just preface all of it with that because, you know, my book, Finding My Way Back to Me, is so much about just taking that time for you and learning to take care of yourself because your whole world revolves around you. So if you're not doing well, nothing is going well in your life. So I really love that you put an emphasis and show how important it is to have me time. So with, with that preface, I will say I am very 
conscious of my me time and I really make time for me. I recognize that filling my own bucket, filling my soul is where my best work then can come from. And if I can fill myself up, then I can give to others. So for me, it starts right at the very beginning of my day. I have a morning routine that is my time. And it starts with getting up at 5.30 every morning, which is just my normal wake time. I never need an alarm. I'm always awake at 5.30. I take my time getting up and getting down to the basement to do a workout in my, in my home gym. And then I do a long meditation after that. Then I spend some time reading and journaling. I have a little corner in the living room where I have a really comfortable chair and a, the perfect light and just this beautiful table. It was a handmade table next to me. So I really have created this environment where I can sit down and I read for about 15 or 20 minutes, usually something thought-provoking, inspirational, motivational. Um, I like Alan Cohen's work. I like, you know, just something I can pick up and read and get a nugget from it that I can take with me for the day. And then I spend some time journaling, mostly stream of consciousness, just kind of getting my thoughts flowing, getting my creativity and my energy flowing for the day. And all of that happens before anyone else besides the dog moves in the house. And so right. that is what I call my me time. It's like my little bubble that I create for myself to start my day. And it's, what I need to just get my day started on the right foot. Right. I love that because, you know, you talk about what you need and I mean, talking to, I mean, listening to you uh, talk about your me time in the morning. I mean, it, it's really ideal, you know, what you're doing, you're getting, you're getting through all of those really important things. You're filling your own cup right before you go in and serve others. And, uh, and we have to do that. And we as women, we have to see this me time as sacred as not a luxury, but as a necessity, right? And I often say that uh, taking time for yourself, taking care of yourself is one of the most generous things that you can do for the people that you love right? We think it's selfish sometimes, but it's actually very, very generous. So Kelly, just real quick, you know, again, you have this ideal morning where you get up at the same time, you work out, you read, you meditate, and you write, right? Okay. Does it Let get any better? You. It doesn't get any better. No, that, that's ideal. That's definitely ideal. Now, did this happen overnight or was this a process? <laughs> Oh, very, very much a process. Very much great. I was hoping you were, you would say that because a lot of people are trying to have a morning like that, but don't realize that it takes time to develop those practices and, and those habits. You're right. You're, you're very right. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that is a practice. It's not a perfect. And so you, you work on it over time and you carve out the moments that you can carve out and, you know, add the pieces that, you know, really bring you joy, that bring you to light, that, that give you that sense of being able to breathe deeply or focus inward so that you can fill. I, I always love that image of filling up your bucket first. Um, you just said it perfectly. The, you know, when you can fill up your bucket, then you have so much to give. That's the generosity that you were describing. And so many of us, so many of us, not just women, but certainly women um, to a large extent, spend a lot of time trying to give from an empty bucket. And that ends up resulting in illness and burnout and depression and resentment and anger and all kinds of things. And it ends up being the, 
you know, trying to give from nothing and, and you just can't, it's just, it's just impossible to do that well. Right. And then when you don't give well, the way that you want to, then you feel bad about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you try to make it up by trying to give more from an empty cup and the cycle continues. You know, Kelly, you and I, we could talk a whole other episode just about me time and self-care. But today, let's talk about this uh, topic of it. it's never too late, hmm. okay? And that's something that you and I wanted to, to talk about here today. Um, I want to start with this card that you told me about that you kept with you for a while, for several years or a couple of years at least. A and long time, many years. Long time, many years, right? And on the card, it says, uh, this is your adventure, make it great. Is that what yes. it said? Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what that card meant to you. I, I love that you brought that up from our discussion the other day. Yes, that card was really meaningful to me for a long time. I, was, uh, I ended up getting divorced when I was in my early 40s. And my life just took this complete different trajectory than what I ever expected it to take. And at the time, you know, anytime you go through one of those shifts in your life and and things are a little bit wobbly and a little uncertain, you're always searching for something to make you feel better. Well, at that time, a good friend of mine sent me a card and it was a card of, it was actually on the front. It was a, a beautiful blue sky background and there was a clearly a rock cliff coming out of the left-hand side of the page and, and then this beautiful soaring bald eagle across the blue expanse of the sky across the front of the card. So that's all the front of the card had. And so when you opened it up, it said, this is your adventure, make it great. And I kept that on my vision board above my desk for years because when I read it, it just seemed, I I wanted so much to feel like that graceful soaring eagle. Like I had left the cliff and I was making it across this great expanse of blue, you know, that I could do it and I had achieved it. And I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what it actually meant to be there, but I felt this internal nudge, this desire to be soaring. And so this is your adventure, make it great. It's really the image of that eagle and that that phrase really made me think, it didn't matter what time of life you were in, it didn't matter what shift was happening, it didn't matter what path you were choosing to take at what point, it's still your adventure. And it's always your choice to make it great. Right. Oh, I love that. I just always envision that when you told me that last time and, and this time, um, just that, that soaring eagle and just also the expansiveness of the possibilities, right? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when we talk about, well, when we talk about that, Kelly, it's like after the divorce, you actually, that wasn't the end. It was the beginning of so many things. Now you have this wonderful husband, Mm -hmm. right? You guys have these great kids. You have some kids and he brought some kids into the picture too. Yes. And uh, you started a, uh, or you've co-founded a publishing company, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You've also become a platinum level coach for the Todd Durkin Mastermind. uh, and, And you've kind of uh, revamped some of your other business ventures and and things like that. And you continue to grow and evolve. Um, And I think that's really what it's about, right? 
um, is, is growing and evolving. And like you were talking about this poll, you didn't know how you were going to do it. You didn't know what it was going to look like, but something inside of you said, I need to make my life an adventure, no matter what age I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I, and I think so many people get stuck because they have the story in their mind. They've been telling themselves this story in their mind that they can't do anything different at whatever point their story tells them in their life that this is how it's got to be. This is how it's always been. This is, this is where I'm going to be. And yet internally, there's some tension and friction because some other part of them is saying, but there's more and I could do more. And if I just knew how or what or why I could do it. So there becomes this inner tension within them. And, and what holds them back is the story in their mind that it has to be this way. And the fear, the fear of jumping off that cliff, because even though that cliff is, is, not where you want to be, jumping off of it can be very scary and uncertain. And so it becomes very easy to become complacent and to just settle for where you are. Maybe that's fine. But if there is a listener out there right now who is saying, I'm feeling that internal nudge. I know there's more. I feel like there's something else. I I want to soar too. And I'm not soaring where I am right now. I would really encourage them to follow that path, to break through that story, to get rid of those blocks that are holding them back and figure out how to soar. Right. Oh, I love that. And you know, I was involved in the Todd Durkin Mastermind for about six years, Mm -hmm. I believe. And that's where Kelly and I met. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, something that I learned um, in the Mastermind was the importance of having the why, the W-H-Y. If you have a strong enough why, then you can figure out the how Mm. later. And there's a way to figure it out. Every problem has a solution. Yes. And so like you're talking about, when you have this strong urge to do something, and it could be, um, it could be starting your own company or something like that. And that's kind of that's kind of big. It can be changing your career, which a lot of women do in midlife. Mm-hmm. They want to reinvent themselves in that way. It could be, you know, going through a divorce or starting a new relationship. It could be even wanting to create a new morning or evening routine, right? right? It could be wanting to lose weight. It could be many different things that we're talking about here, right? But if yes. you have a strong enough reason, then you can figure out along the way how you're going to get there. But none of us know, right, Kelly? None of us know (laughs) how we're going to get there and how long it might take or what it's going to look like or what opportunities will come or what obstacles and challenges might come. We just don't know. But we have to continue to listen to our inner self and go with that, right? Like like the eagle, like you were talking about. Yes, Very much. Starting with why is a a really good place to begin. I I like that you brought that up. We do talk about that a lot in our, in our mastermind group, because until you really know why, then whatever change is coming won't stick. You know, if you're, if you're just doing it because somebody outside of you is saying you should, if, 
you're just doing it because for whatever reason you think you should, um, but you don't really know why, then that, then it becomes maybe a temporary change, but it doesn't become a transformational shift. And so if you, if you are at a point in your life where you're thinking, man, if, if, if I could figure it out, I would like to do X, Y, or Z, any of those things you mentioned or any other number of things, the, a good place to start is ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I want this shift? Why mm-hmm. is it that this is appealing to me? Why is it that my curiosity is being piqued by this particular thing? Um, the, the why is the driving force and the thing that really does make the shift become a, a transformation and not just a, a change for a little while. Right. Right. Now we talk about, it's never like, it's too late. And I hear this a lot, you know, it's too late for me to lose weight or it's too late for me to start a new career. It's too late for me to whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, is that I think that midlife is a great time Mm -hmm. to start something new or to reinvent yourself. And you know, this, Mm -hmm. you've known me for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, because I believe in midlife, you have experience, maturity, and wisdom that you don't have when you graduate from high school or you graduate from college mm-hmm. or you're in your 20s or whatever. But now you're in these midlife years and you can take all of that and now you know yourself so much better and so much more and you've accumulated skills and experience and now you can do something uh, new and exciting. And so I want to uh, kind of highlight the fact that you started a publishing company with Greg Justice, <laughs> right? I did. I did. Um, share a little bit about your publishing company, Scripter Publishing, and uh, why you guys started that. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit more. I will, but I do want to emphasize your point because your point is exactly right that um, a lot of people do think that it's too late. And, and I say, until you're six feet under, (laughs) it's never too late. I mean, you have a choice, you grow or you die. Those are the options. That's That's what nature says. Things are either growing or they're decaying. So, so it's never too late. Age is just a perception Mm -hmm. and it's just a number. So there are so many great things that happen as life progresses that allow you to do so many more things. You touched on a couple of them there, but the other piece I would say is uh, when you get to my age, which is 52, you know, kids are starting to go out on their own. So you all of a sudden have more time to do things. And you also have more money. Typically at this phase of life, you've got a little bit more means to be able to explore some of the interests or, or things that are, are, you know, calling you. So there are so many great reasons to shift and begin things, even at this point in life and much later. I mean, you, you hear story after story of people that start new projects at 60, 70, 80. Uh, you know, I was just listening to a, a great interview with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I think Jane Fonda is 82 or 81 and Lily Tomlin's a year and eight months younger than her. So she's, you know, these two women are just, they're just coming, they're going to rewrite the nine to five movie. And they just came out with another season of Grace and Frankie. You know, there is no reason that age should be a detriment other than what is the story that you're telling yourself in your mind. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. You got me excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. And, and, and so I think 
if there is something calling you, which is what Scripture Publishing Group was doing for me, if, if it's calling you and you have a strong why to do it, then follow it. Um, that curiosity will open the doors and the path will unfold for you as it did for me. So Greg Justice was, is also in the mastermind group. I had known him for many years. I didn't know him well, but you know, interacted with him at different events we were participating in. And our mentor, Todd Durkin said, uh, between Greg and I, we had written, I think at that point, around 20 books combined. And Todd Durkin said to us, you guys have written a lot of books. You kind of had this system down. And we're recognizing that if you want to build your business outside the four walls of a fitness studio, for example, if you want to get your message out into the world, that a book is a great way to do that. It provides a wonderful platform for business owners to be able to go out and speak in their communities about health and wellness, to share their philosophies. It's a, it's a beautiful business card, sort of an elevated business card for businesses that are looking to grow. And he said, the two of you have this knowledge. We think there's a niche. I think you should go ahead and create a business together. So Greg and I met, we said, okay, let's try this and see what happens. It was two years ago, um, it was January, 2017. And we said, we're gonna try it and see what happens. Well, before we even had our website built, we had 42 authors under contract. <laughs> wow. So that was sort of, you know, it exploded very quickly. And we originally thought it would be really focused on the niche of the fitness industry because that's where he and I were both uh, situated. But the, by the third book, which was within five months of the time that we had opened the business, the third book that we published was someone completely outside the industry, had no connection to the industry. She was referred to us by somebody and we published her book. Uh, she's actually going on, she has a screenplay written for it and has been talking wow. to producers about getting that book made into a movie. Great. But yeah, so that was just um, the, the first window that opened to the idea that, wow, we really have something that is a product and a system and a service that can help anybody who would like to write a book. And as of now, we have 26 books that we've published, just over 100 authors. Uh, some of those were collaborative projects. So we have just over 100 authors. 100% of our books have become bestsellers on Amazon. And I would say two thirds of the books are fitness related, not necessarily fitness industry. Uh, for example, we uh, just at the end of 2018 published Jonathan Horton's book. He was a former Olympic gymnast and he received a silver medal and a bronze medal in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Mm. Uh, Daniel Gill, if anybody watches American Ninja Warrior, Daniel Gill is one of the top performers on that show. And he wrote his first children's book with us. So fitness related, but not necessarily gym owners or, you know, exercise enthusiasts, but they're, they're in the wellness world and, and talking and presenting out on the public international stages. So um, about, about two thirds of our books are in that realm. And then the other third are completely unrelated to fitness and have to do with other topics and We've published fiction books, we've published nonfiction, we've published 
true stories, we've published memoirs, we've published um, children's books, fictional novels. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a system that we've created to help anybody who is interested in writing and publishing a book. And, you know, we often say it's not rocket science. Anybody can write and publish a book if you'd like to do it, but we just make it easy because we've done it. We know the system. We know how to make right. it happen. We've got all the resources. We walk you through it. We coach you through the process. And so we just take away all the roadblocks to getting it done. Right, right. So it really comes back to, again, you know, having that, that why, right? Mm -hmm. And having something that, uh, having a story that uh, someone would want to share, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and by the time you get to midlife, there's a lot of stories <laughs> I'm sure to share, right? <laughs> a lot of wisdom to share, yes. um, which is, which is so great. So Kelly, are you saying that someone listening, no matter what kind of story they have to share, whatever desire they have to write a book, they don't know how to do it. Uh, but if they come with that, that desire, uh, is that something that you can work with? Absolutely. And I actually think every single person has a book within them because mm -hmm. they have their own story. Right. And, you know, humans, we connect through story. We learn through story. Narrative is part of our DNA. You know, the way before they had written language, they had storytelling, you know, that where they would memorize and share stories. So everybody listening, everybody has at least one book in them because their own story. And we, you know, sometimes it, it may be the, the, the compelling why to share that story may be as simple as you want to leave the story for your children. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our early authors said she just wanted, she'd never shared her full story with her. She had five daughters. Mm -hmm. She'd never shared her full story with them, mm -hmm. but she wanted to have this legacy that sometime after she was gone, they would have this book and they would always know her story. Mm. And then her grandchildren at some point would know her story. So it could be as simple as just you, you want to get it down so that your children and your grandchildren and so on will know who you are, what you did, what your experiences were, what you learned. Or it could be more compelling than that. You know, it could be something that where you want to get out on the, the stage and you want to present and you want to share your philosophy or your ideas, or it could be that you, you have a desire, you know, Pam Safran that I told you about wants to be able to share her story because her husband died of pancreatic cancer. And she really wants to share what's going on with research and pancreatic cancer. And she wants to help people understand it and learn from it. And she created a scholarship fund. So all the money that she's making on the book is actually going back to her scholarship fund to help children whose parents have died unexpectedly be mm. able to go to college. Mm -hmm. So she's you know, found a very compelling, meaningful, purposeful why for that book. Um, just right. sharing her own story. Wow. So there are lots of reasons to do it, but I certainly would say everybody has a story to share and, and everybody has something that's worth sh a life worth telling a story about, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. Todd's um, right. saying, our, our mentor saying. Right. So Kelly, last thing I want to ask you, but before I do, let me just say again, for maybe somebody new listening or didn't listen to my first 
episode where I shared a little bit about what I wanted to talk about and what the purpose of this podcast was for. Mm-hmm. Now, Kelly, I know you're an avid uh, podcast listener. You also have a podcast, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And what's the name of your podcast? It's called It Just Takes One. It Just Takes One. Okay. So everybody can check that one out. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have this podcast and I wanted to share is because I've done this many times and I don't tell me if you have, but sometimes I'll be so inspired or motivated or I, I have, or I'll have heard some words that somebody spoke on a podcast and I go back and I listen again when I need it mm-hmm. and again and again and again, sometimes if mm-hmm. I need to hear those words. And my hope is that some of my episodes or some of the things that are said here on this podcast is serves that purpose for, for somebody. And so, you know, the last thing that I want to kind of talk with you about having again to do with, it's never too late to do whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is, um, something that you inspired me. And I told you this last time that we talked, but the Mm -hmm. 50% scared and the 50% excited (laughs) thing, right? Because whenever you start something new or you, you begin an adventure, um, if you, I remember you, you shared this with me one time and it stuck with me for years. And I think about it at times when I feel like this and I've shared it with clients, honestly, which is if you're 50% excited and you're 50% scared, it's probably the right thing for you to do. It's probably the right, (laughs) you're probably in the right space. Now, last time I talked with you, I, I asked you, okay, I understand the excited part, but the fear, mm. right? the fear. And so somebody listening here today um, might want to start something, but they're fearful. It could be losing weight. It could be writing a book. It could be starting to go out and date again after their husband has passed or mm-hmm. after a divorce or whatever. Uh, it could be reaching out to their uh, one of their kids that they haven't talked to in a long time because something happened. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're feeling that 50% excited of what could be, but also 50% scared, can you share a little bit more about what fear is that you shared with me last time before we go? Yes, I will. And and I would love to say that was my own idea, but it wasn't. I remember my dad saying that to me when I was young, you know, when I was embarking on whatever. And he would say, if, if you're 50% excited and 50% scared, you're in the right place. Right. <laughs> and I think he was saying it because if you get overly excited and you don't have any fear, there's no warning signal. There's nothing that's holding you in focus, you know, so you sort of think about a kid that's just overly excited and they're just all over the place, you know, and they can never accomplish anything because they're just all over the place. And if you're too afraid, you won't even start because you'll be too afraid to even take the step. So the mix of the two is the great signal that everything is, is going in the right direction. But I will also say that fear is a, a very misunderstood emotion. And I think what we were talking about the other day, I'll share with the listeners, is that fear is as instinctual to us as breathing. Think about that. You can't tell someone to stop breathing, but we want to tell them to stop being afraid. (laughs) You can't. It's impossible. And that's because if you go back to our roots, (laughs) when we were, you know, well before we were considered even human probably, you know, when we were really just evolving as a species. Fear was the thing that allowed people to have the adrenaline and the cortisol that they needed to get the food that they needed to survive or to find the shelter to survive. There, It is so instinctual 
that it is, it is, it, it's impossible not to have it. I think I shared with you Elizabeth Gilbert's mm-hmm. book, Big Magic, and she, she recognized this when she read a study that they did on tadpoles. And the tadpole is in a Petri dish, but if you pass your hand over the Petri dish and it creates a shadow, even the tadpole will flinch out of instinctual survival fear. So when she had that aha moment was when she realized, wow, even tadpoles have this thing. Mm -hmm. And so we misunderstand it because we think it is something that is, uh, that has a power and, and, and it doesn't, it simply has a meaning. Mm -hmm. So fear is meaningful. Fear is, is your, your red flag of survival. So it's telling you, warning sign, there's something new in front of you. There's something different in coming up. There's something that you haven't experienced yet coming ahead. And it provides you the adrenaline and the cortisol that allow you to achieve it. But it also provides you the focus that you need. And, and also a little bit more caution to do it step by step rather than just you know, flinging yourself around with no purpose and no direction and no focus. So when, when you have that sense of fear, when you're saying, oh, I would do that, but I'm just too afraid, or I'm too uncertain about what's up there, stop. And, and instead of fighting and resisting that, you can stop fighting it and simply say, thank you. Fear, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for giving me the opportunity to slow down, to look around, to focus in, and for giving me the hormonal influx that I need to create the movement that I need when I take the leap. So I, I appreciate that you're there. I know why you're there. I understand you're there just simply to protect me the same way that breathing is there so that I continue to live. <laughs> I appreciate you. And now let's look to the excitement and let the excitement motivate mm. you and drive you forward. I love it. Elizabeth Gilbert says, put the fear in the back seat. It's, it's mm. always going to be along for the ride. Right. You're not going to get rid of it. You're not going to get rid of it. It, right. it. It's there for that beautiful purpose of, of helping and protecting you. Mm. So gratitude and put it in the back seat of the car, but it should not be driving the car. Mm. You're the one that's driving. Mm. You're the one that's in control. Mm-hmm. It doesn't control you. You have the ability to say, I know why it's here. I understand its purpose. I appreciate that it's here, but I'm driving forward. Right. Well, I don't know about the listeners, but I think I'm going to be going back and listening to this over and over again, <laughs> Kelly, because you're right. The fear never goes away. Um, and we have to learn how to, like as Seth Godin says, that we talked about how to dance with the fear, not to That's remove it. it or to wish it was not there, but to actually be grateful for it. Like That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's just a, a different way of viewing it and it, it makes all the difference. Right. It allows you to take the leap off that cliff mm. when you're ready to fly, when you're ready to soar. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes letting go of that cliff is the scariest piece, right? It is. But once you're focused and once you see the potential and see where you're going and see what's next, then you can let go. Yes. And, and soar. I love that. This is your adventure. Make it great.
There you go. And on that note, it's never too late, right? <laughs> it's exactly right. The adventure well, Kelly, goes on. <laughs> yeah. Listen, time always flies when I'm talking with you. It's uh, last time to every single time. And uh, again, my heart, uh, my heart and my mouth are smiling the whole time as it always is when I'm talking with you. So I'm so glad you're in my life. Thank you so much uh, for everything that you do. And what is the uh, best website for uh, listeners to, and I'll put it in the show notes too, but why don't you tell us uh, how to get in touch with you? Absolutely. And Kim, I feel exactly the same way. You always make me, there's just this beautiful warmth with you. And I, we have such a parallel story and parallel lives and we, we, we connect on such a great level. So thank you. I appreciate being here and I always love the conversation. And if anybody else would like to continue the conversation or find me, the easiest way is through scripturepublishinggroup.com. Um, scripture with an O, scripturepublishinggroup.com. And, and you can find me on there and, and reach out. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. You too. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it and support yourself while doing it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can tell your friends about it or share it on social media. And if you want more me time in your life, consider becoming a member of the Me Time Midlife Community. This is my online community of like-minded and like-hearted women in midlife who want to take charge of their life by cultivating their health, happiness, and purpose while building connections and friendships along the way. There are many benefits to joining, including monthly member-only Q&As with some of the experts you hear on the podcast. Plus, as a listener of the podcast, you get a special listener discount. Go to MeTimeMidlifePodcast.com to learn more. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.